With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall Bringing forth the written word of God to one and all Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall Listen to the watchman on the wall Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministry. Great to be with you on this Wednesday morning. What a day it's going to be. We have a lot of information to share. We're praising the Lord in the midst of the fire. Someone said amen. And the fire really hasn't been heated up as much as it's going to be. But there are a lot of evidences everywhere telling us that we need to be preparing and making ourselves ready for the day of the Lord is at hand. For many, many years, we have been prophesying over these airwaves, both on AM, FM, radio, on television in Los Angeles, on podcasts and radio programs. We have been prophesying the days that we are now living in. We have seen the things that are now in existence coming long ago. And now it is important that each individual prepares themselves properly before the Lord. These are no longer the days of kind of uh, wishful thinking or uh, just kind of hoping that things are delayed and put off into the future. Ladies and gentlemen, the future has come. The day has arrived, and we were to be preparing all along for these days. And what we know now is that many people are going to be caught off guard. 
and they're not going to know what to do. And I believe the mercy of God and the goodness of God is to allow for those who have been consistent through the years to address those of you who have not prepared, who have not gotten your soul right before God, have not worked out your heart condition before the Lord, uh, as though you were going to meet him face to face. Well, we are all going to do that, but first we are going to meet these end times head on, and things are shifting dramatically, and things are changing dramatically. All over the world, it is now a reality. And I want to play some videos for us. I want There's so much to share uh, with people. And what I need, what I really need is someone to get me, uh, Laquita, if you're out there today, to send me that video again that you put out there. It's going to be very important to what we're talking about today. Um, maybe I could just put it on the screen as well. I'll find it along the way. Let me just begin with an article coming out of PNW, America's Mood. Now, we're talking about America particularly. America's Mood Turns Dark as Optimism for the Future Plummets. You know all those optimistic, motivational speakers that were prophesying peace and safety and everything's going to be all right and God is with us? while we slaughtered 90 million innocent babies' blood, while we promoted homosexuality and lesbianism and transgenderism in our society, and we allowed corrupt politicians to visit pedophile island with Jeffrey Epstein and go unaccounted for. There's been nothing, nothing has come out of it. Only these supposed, it's kind of like getting the voting things right. They don't care. It's too far down the road. And we should have known this a long time ago. We should have been preparing. And yet all the soothsayers and the people that were motivational, uh, inspired speakers, but not under inspiration of the Holy Ghost to declare the truth of what America is facing today and the nations of the earth. And what is that? America is under judgment. America has been under judgment for quite some time. There were many calls to repentance. And then on 9-11-2001, the alarm sounded, the emergency 911 sounded to this nation, and it was true. And for a moment, everybody came together, as you know. But ladies and gentlemen, since that time, we have been further and further removed from our foundation. We have gone deeper and deeper into the waters of judgment since that time. We have done more grossly than before 9-11-2001 in our government and in Hollywood, in all the different arts and aspects of our society. And what this is from a biblical perspective, and you could raise your eyebrows, you could yell as loud as you want, America is under judgment as a nation. Individuals are under judgment all over the world. They've been under judgment since the beginning of time when Adam fell. Condemnation came upon the whole world. All mankind is under judgment and is condemned. And the only way to remove that judgment and that condemnation is to turn to the one who made an atonement, to turn to the one who shed his blood, to turn to the one that forgave our sins and died on the cross. And that is none other than Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, the only begotten Son of the Father, the only sacrifice acceptable to God was the death of his son, Jesus Christ. When we come to Jesus, we are now justified, which means the condemnation and the judgment that was on our lives 
has been taken away. And behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And oh, would to God that all the nations of the earth would simply bow their knee to the King of heaven, the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and give him the glory and the honor due his name. But that seed of rebellion, that Luciferian satanic spirit that is operating in the world today is getting stronger and stronger rather than weaker and weaker and coming to conclusions of honoring and worship the great king. It's turning further and further away, and the hearts of men are hardening more and more. Deception is descending, and the minds of the masses are being blinded by the God of this world, and there's no doubt about it. That's the way it works. But I want you to know today that there is no condemnation for you who have turned to the Lord Jesus in faith with a sincere heart and have called upon the name of God's glorious Son. That condemnation has been obliterated in the name of Jesus And that guilt shame that goes along with it has been rolled away with the reproach against your life. You have stepped into a paradigm of kingdom living. You are being led by the Holy Spirit. You are learning to walk in the Spirit. You're intimating with the Spirit. You're joined to the Lord as one spirit with him. And your journey is glorious. And the future for you is bright. There's no doubt about it. Being terrified by nothing of your adversaries. No fear here. You're a kingdom kid. You belong to the Lord. You've been bought with a price. The blood has purchased you. And would to God again that so many others in the world would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. However, even a nation that began as a Judeo-Christian nation, even America, who boasted the founding fathers of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, who planted a cross in Virginia on the shores when they came, who set up churches, not mosques, not Buddhist temples, churches, whose government was founded on the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, this Judeo-Christian nation has fallen grievously. It has fallen deep into judgment. And judgment begins in the house of God. And you've already seen the beginning of that judgment in the houses of worship that turned themselves over to showcase theaters, limelights, smoke, mirrors, motivational speakers, optimism. I have news for you. Optimism is not going to save America. Motivational speeches are not going to save America. No, the truth will set you free. And the truth of God upon our nation is that we have sinned against the Lord from the White House to Main Street, as they say, from all directions in every home. That little one-eyed beast called the television is in every home And it just communicated and transmitted into every home the blasphemy of the beast for a generation now. It's been underway. And we are now languishing in the turmoil that has hit our nation, and it is not going away. We've been saying this for a long, long time. We've been prophesying this. My personal call to the ministry 39 years ago was a Jeremiah calling. I am not Jeremiah. My name is Vincent Xavier. But when I came to faith in Jesus Christ, the first direction that God brought my life into was the book of Jeremiah. And that book grabbed hold of my heart. And we have been preaching that word now for 39 years from behind a pulpit as a pastor for 29 years. And the words of Jeremiah that stood in his day, those same words of Jeremiah that we preach, the word of God, but also the prophets, And Jeremiah's message to America is standing. 
and he preached for 40 years. We are into this generation in the time of judgment upon our nation. We are deep into it now, and the words of God are being fulfilled. Ladies and gentlemen, now is not the time to panic. Now is not the time to bug out mentally, emotionally, solically, spiritually. Now is the time to come to sobriety. Now is the time to wake up sincerely. Now is the time to recognize where you are at this very moment in your life. You must wake up and be sober and ask yourself, have you been defiant against the warnings that the Lord has been bringing for an entire generation in our nation? What have you done with the warnings? What have you done when the ministers of God have opened the scriptures like none other could have done it, and they've shared the word of God with our generation so clearly the things that are going on in our society are connected to biblical prophecy. What have we done with it? Did we ignore it? Did we get our popcorn and get stirred up like watching a scary movie and going, oh, that was good, but did nothing? We thought it was some kind of entertainment. Like the prophet Ezekiel, the people stood before him and say, oh, he's got a lovely voice, and we love what he says. It's like watching a good movie, but they won't do what he says to do. And what we are going to be held guilty of What we are going to be judged for in our generation, most in the church, was for neglecting the prophecy, usually because there were so many motivational, optimistic people, but God never called us to motivation and optimism. He called us to the truth. And when the truth was evident before our eyes, we turned away from the truth and listened to the motivational, optimistic speakers, and we never prepared. We never got ready. Many of them were saying, even if we are In the last days, there are ministries out there right now, great, big, huge ministries, multi-millionaire ministries that have been proclaiming to this generation, don't worry about it, we're out of here in a pre-tribulational rapture, you don't have to get your food, ha, 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 laugh at those people getting their food, water, medical supplies, ha, 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 well, they are the same people fulfilling Bible prophecy to them in the last days, they would come and they would mock and they would scoff and they would say, Where is the promise of his coming and all these different things? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to wake up because those mega ministries that have lied to the people for so long, those mega ministries that shut down for an entire year that did not go on with the Lord are now coming back and they got the smooth, optimistic, lovey-dovey speech again, but it is not the truth of God of what's going on within our nation and in this world. We are living in the last days Matt Crouch, head of TBN, do you understand? We are living in the last days. And while you and your wife reject the truth on your network because you're afraid of it, you have hosted all these optimistic, motivational speakers that have done nothing to prepare God's people for what is coming down the pike and now is staring us in the face. Why? Because of the way you grew up or whatever it was, but many mega ministries like these all over the world have done nothing but disarm God's people from preparing for what now is before us. We're walking into it, but we are going to continue to speak the words of God. We are going to continue to go through Bible prophecy so that you can know what is happening beyond the shadow of a doubt. And maybe, Maybe some of you will find yourselves like those Jews in Nazi Germany who rejected to do anything and 
failed to prepare when they heard the first warnings. Some of the wise Jewish people sold everything they had, converted it to diamonds, sewed them in their clothes, got on ships, and left that area of the world and went other places. Many others stayed around. They waited, lingering lots, lingering lots. And then finally, they fled with nothing but their suitcases and what was on their back with their children running in their hands. The rest were caught in the snare. The snare is coming. Jesus said that like a snare shall it come upon the whole earth and they shall not escape. But when you see these things begin to come to pass, flee to the mountains of Judea. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been watching the things that Jesus warned us about for a long time. And some have already come out of her, been making their preparations, doing what the Lord said to do, leaving the results with him. And so we got to talk about it today. Here's an article concerning America's mood turns dark as optimism for the future plummets. The mood of the nation has dramatically changed. Survey after survey has shown that Americans are much less optimistic than they were during the first half of 2021. And that could have enormous implications for the economy as we roll through the second half of this calendar year. When consumers are pessimistic about the future, they tend to hold on to their money more tightly, and they also tend to allocate money to different priorities. So I want you to just stop and think about what was just said. The growing optimism 2020 is over. Let's get on with 2021. But I would remind our listeners that the day before coronavirus hit the United States, that whole thing, whatever that was, hit this nation, we were prophesying Isaiah 47:11. Behold, an evil comes from where you do not know. You will not be able to put it off, and sudden destruction comes. They're trying to put this thing off, but they're not understanding what it really is. Now, earlier this year, So many pundits were telling us that a new golden age of prosperity was ahead because the worst of the pandemic was behind us and Joe Biden was now in the White House. But now the Delta variant is causing another wave of mass panic and an increasing number of Americans are losing faith in Biden administration. Now, whether the Delta variant is even real, whether COVID-19 is even real, It's what they are using as a tool to implement their power and control over the masses. We know that. So let's take a look. Needless to say, by discussing the Gallup survey, the honeymoon is over. Let me say it again. Needless to say, the honeymoon is over, and Americans are not pleased with what they see as they peer into a very bleak future. Hmm. Let me start by discussing the Gallup survey that just came out. In June, Americans overwhelmingly thought that the worst of the pandemic was in the past, but now the numbers have completely changed. In a drastic, dramatic shift from last month, more Americans now say the coronavirus situation in the U.S. is getting worse, 45% rather than better the 40%. In June, a record 89% said the situation was getting better, while only 3% said it was getting worse. That was in June. Now it's shifted to 45% saying it's getting worse. I can't remember the last time I saw poll numbers 
move that much in such a short period of time. The Gallup survey also found that a whopping 42% of all Americans anticipate the societal disruptions related to COVID-19 will continue to be around beyond the beginning of the new year. Okay, so Americans now expect societal disruptions related to COVID-19 to persist at least through the end of the year or longer. Whereas in June, nearly half of Americans expected COVID-related disruptions in society to last only a few more weeks or months. Now just 17% believe they will end by then. So what's happening? All this information is coming in, people are responding, and they're now not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. They're seeing what we know, what is really coming, is the mass enslavement of the human race, population control. What we are witnessing is the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth, a concentrated targeting against Christians around the world, against everything called God, everything called Jesus Christ. And this is the time of persecution that the scriptures have warned us about. These are the days of the martyrs. These are the days of people falling away and defecting from the truth because they're not ready to handle the hardcore realities of what is coming. Ladies and gentlemen, any day things could happen to people, pastors, churches across this country and around the world. And that any day is now upon us. Instead, 41% expect the COVID-19 disruptions to persist, okay, and we knew that. So Joe Biden's job approval rating, let's talk about that, is also shifting quite rapidly. In fact, a different survey just found that Biden's approval rating has dropped a total of 10 points since June. Um, A Harvard CAPS Harris poll survey released Monday found Biden's approval dropping to 52%. I can't believe he has that much. He may still be above water. Only 43% of respondents disapprove of the job he's doing in the Oval Office, but he's down 10 points from where he was in June when his approval was at 62%. You know, you know why his approval ratings stay there? Because of the, uh, the faithful, uh, established American citizenry who believe that regardless of the shifts of the left and the right, that the system will prevail. The system will prevail. I remember being on Kerm Radio. It's an AM radio station and an FM radio station. And it was owned by the congressman of Arkansas, Steve Womack. Steve Womack and I would run into each other in the radio studio with his father, the colonel. And I remember talking about the hardcore things coming down the pike. And Steve said, Congressman Steve Womack said, he said, well, I believe in the system. Regardless of what things, what goes on, how things shift, I believe in the system, that the system that the founding fathers put in place will prevail. Well, there was some short-sightedness there because the founding fathers said, we gave you something that will not fail if you treat it with respect. And it's only for a morally righteous people. Well, we have become so immoral that system will fail, but it's to those people who believe in the system that why there's any approval rating, because they're not really saying Joe Biden is the reason why things are going to work. They're just saying he's just a man in an office, but our system will cover that as well. We disagree. We believe that the system that was given by the founding fathers will fail like every other system in the United States of America and ultimately around the world. I believe that the great strike against the heart of the United States of America is once again at the door. 
The spearhead is pointed at the heart of this nation, and the dagger is about to puncture, strike. And you see a little daggers all over the world with vaccinations, don't you? Well, I want to go on just a little bit. Um, As President Joe Biden completed 100 days in office, the country was optimistic about the coming year, but now just after hitting the six-month mark, Americans' optimism about the direction of the country has plummeted nearly 20 points, a new ABC News poll finds. A majority, 55% of the public say they are pessimistic about the direction of the country, a marked change from the roughly one-third that said the same in ABC News poll published on May 2nd. That is a 19% shift in just three months. Have we ever seen a direction of a country or our country poll move that much in three months? I don't know, but this certainly is not good news for the Democrats. When Americans are in a bad mood, they tend to gravitate toward the party that is currently out of power. Hmm. Of course, one of the biggest reasons why Americans are in such a sour mood these days is all of the new restrictions that are currently being implemented around the nation. I know that many of you woke up today, you heard the same news that we heard. There are governors throughout the states of our nation that are pushing hard for mass vaccination. Okay, and I need that video. Uh, Laquita, maybe you've already put it. I haven't looked at the comment screen yet, but I need the video. I want to I share with you what is being said and what you need to, again, recognize as end-time Bible prophecy. So there's a lot more to that article, but I just am going to stop right there. And I want to shift. I want to shift into Bible prophecy right now. What are we saying? What, you know, what was this first 25 minutes um, of this broadcast all about? Well, it's pretty simple. To be sober and to wake up to a reality that was just like a dream, maybe, a few years ago, a few months ago, it's not a dream anymore. We are living in a very satanically controlled world, and there are Bible events, biblical events, that have been prophesied that are about to unfold and become reality in our world. And this is going to terrify the nations of the earth. And this is going to cause mass panic in societies everywhere. My friend Daniel Seckham, who lives in Australia, cannot come for the Feast of Tabernacles because of the lockdown within his nation. He cannot do it. They have released military personnel on the streets of Sydney, Australia. This is martial law because they're enforcing curfews in Australia. They understand that their biggest impediment to their forward motion is the American people who are not going along with the plans of a global agenda. They know this. And so the gathering of the nations the working it out in other nations, the enforcement of martial law, vaccinations in other nations, well, they're going to have to get that climate so stirred up so they can gather and come as a massive force to quell those that would resist 
in the United States of America. The word of God has been so clear that there will be a revolutionary war and a civil war in the United States of America. The word of God says that a house divided cannot stand. We are a divided house. America is a divided house. It cannot stand. The collapse of our nation, the house of cards that is now falling, is so evident, so obvious, but we know there's a lot of trickery, and we know that the enemy works very subtly to deceive man's thinking Oh, maybe everything's going to be okay, but glimmer of light over here. And one glimmer of light, there comes the optimism. And there, Listen, we don't need optimism. We have the greatest word in the, Lord, in the world. We have the gospel. I don't need the world's optimism. I don't need somebody to tell me self-help tricks. I've got the word of God to direct my path. If, you, if there's anything of inspiration and encouragement, uh, it's the word of God. If I need hope, it's the word of God. But I also need the truth of the word of God to guide my, my, my path and to get me going in the right direction. So what are we doing here? Where are we, sincerely? Before I go, I want to check something. Maybe I've got that video available to us right now. And while we're here, we'll just say a few hellos uh, to some of our friends that are out here. Uh, <clears throat> Carol Carey is with us today. Do I see? I do not see. All right. So I don't see the uh, what I'm looking for. So. From Laquita, sent us a video today. Maybe I, maybe I could put it on a certain way. Here, hold on. This will be good. I think this will be very important to what we're talking about. Um, all right, so this video says it all, so let's get over to here. And Jennifer Ellis, let's see if I can get it on here. Give me one second. One second. I'll just go here, and I'm going to log in, and hopefully this will work. And let's see if I can't put this on. You don't know password. Okay. All right. Raw reality. Raw, raw, raw. All right. Let's see if I can get it going here. Okay. Now I want to look up for uh, – all right. Let's see if we get this here. All right, so uh, let's see if I can have it here. No, thanks. I uh, don't know if this is the right one or not. I don't know, Jennifer, if that's you. All right, so I'm not really sure if that's the right one. Let's see. I don't think Jennifer Ellis, Jennifer Ellis, blah, blah, blah. Could that be it here? Mm-hmm. Let's see. This might be it. That could be it. All right. So I apologize. I'm trying to get you a video from an individual here that had some really important stuff to say. That's not going to be it, I don't think. All right. So I guess we're going to have to let it go. What the video states, it's showing all the left. I am from the highest echelons of the news media, from the president of the United States on down. Bummer, I really wanted to show that to you. Let me see if there's another way to do it. I don't think so. Really, really, really needed to see that. Uh, that's not it. So anyways, it's, it's 
the the whole idea is to let the world know that the only pandemic in our country is among the unvaccinated. All right. That's where they're going with it. The unvaccinated. Uh, Laquita, if you happen to get this message, make sure, please, you send me, if you can, in Messenger. Send it to me in Messenger, and I want to get that video out to the people that are tuning in right now um, to get into this discussion. I want to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, and I want to mark this, this out clearly. What are we looking at? What are we looking at? And this is going to take this is going to take some time to peer into it. Uh, Paul the Apostle, Second Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two verse one. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you've been following the Word of God, if you've been studying the Word of God, if you've been just doing your own homework, you know that what this first verse is talking about is a call from the Apostle Paul uh, to the church in Thessalonica, but we know that that word has longevity to it. It's anointed. It's yesterday, today, and forever. He's beseeching the brethren by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he's talking about that coming that he talked about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, about the dead in Christ will rise and those alive and remaining at the coming of the Lord. Okay, He's also referring to Matthew chapter 24, uh, from verses 29 down to 34. Okay, so he's beseeching the brethren by the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him. Okay, so Paul made it very clear. Jesus made it very clear. Peter made it very clear that the coming of the Lord, he would come in the clouds. There'd be the voice of the archangel. There would be the trumpet blast. The dead in Christ would rise. We who are alive and remaining would be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and in the clouds. So what we learned through our Bible studies is that the coming of the Lord spoken of in predominantly all scripture, particularly the New Testament, it is the coming where the Lord comes in the clouds and he never makes landfall. Everything is about the dead rising and going up to him, those alive and remaining being changed, being caught up to him in the clouds. This is not the time the Lord comes down. So this is what Paul's referring to, the coming of the Lord, our gathering together unto him. Okay, now he's beseeching them that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. So he is telling them that the doctrine of imminency was being taught 2,000 years ago. The same doctrine of imminency that is being touted today by many mega media and many mega churches, that doctrine of imminency basically says, the Lord is coming any minute now. Get ready. You never know. Pre-trib rapture. We're out of here. Okay. And everybody got anxiety. They got, they got caught into this. Any day now, any day now, any day now. Well, it's been 2,000 years and any day has never come. Okay, Never. Has there been the resurrection of the dead, the coming of the Lord, and the people getting changed and caught up to meet the Lord in the air? That has never happened in 2,000 years of history. That has never happened. There was no trumpet blast. There was no 
coming in the clouds, the voice of the archangel, the dead in Christ rising around the world, those alive and remaining being changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye caught up to meet the Lord in the air and to go off with the Lord while the wrath of God is poured out upon the nations, right? That has not happened. But Paul said that that doctrine of imminency was there. He's saying, don't be shaken in mind, don't be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you in this. By any means, Paul said, for that day shall not come. That day, what day? The day of the coming of the Lord, the resurrection of the dead, the harpazo of the church, the catching away into the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed. Now let's talk about it, okay? The son of perdition. Let's just talk about this for a moment. We'll keep going. And I want to get into a lot of scripture here. So, The doctrine was being taught, get ready, get ready, get ready. The day of Christ is at hand. It's coming, coming, coming. Get ready, get ready, any, any time. And the people were getting unnerved and, and anxious, and, and they were kind of running. There were some other people preaching that the resurrection had already happened, and, and they had missed it, and, but Paul had to address that issue. And so now they're addressing the doctrine of imminency, the doctrine that is being taught today, okay? It's coming any moment. The rapture's here. Get ready, get ready. But yet Paul says, let no man deceive you about this issue. By any means, for that day shall not come, the day of the Lord, except there come a falling away. Now, you all know what the falling away is. We know that as the apostasy, the apostasy. And the word apostasy means a defection from the truth, a defection from the truth. Falling away, forsaking. So a defection from the truth is like a person that defects from the army. They run. They climb the wall. They disappear. They go on purpose. Okay? So there's got to be before the day of the Lord comes, before the Matthew 24, 29 to 34 event, before the 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 event, before the 1 Corinthians 15 event, before Revelation 1, 7 event, before... This event is spoken of everywhere in Scripture. There has to be a defection from the truth. People literally running from the truth that they once had. But it's not only that. It is also, and that man of sin be revealed. Now, the only way to know where the man of sin is revealed in Scripture is going to Revelation chapter 12. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7, it says this. Write these scriptures down. Revelation 12, 7. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your help. There was war in heaven. So in the prophecy, the book of Revelation, the final prophecy that is set for our generation, obviously, by everything that's going on around the world, it's all lining up very clear. Well, there is a war in heaven that's a spiritual battle between Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevail not. So there's a war in heaven in these final moments of time. You're going to hear the heavens rumble, okay? Spiritual battle. The devil 
who has been making war against humankind, has been in the second heaven, has been cloaked, has not been visible. It's all spiritual warfare. And and this is how we need the spirit of God to defend ourselves against that kind of thing and understand it and see into it. Okay. But there's coming a moment and the rumbling is beginning where this battle is going to be fought. The devil will fight, but will not prevail. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven, the second heaven for him. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Where was he cast out to? The earth. Now, 2 Thessalonians tells us that the man of sin must be revealed, who is the son of perdition. So the devil and his angels are being cast out of the second heaven onto the earth. And then I want to pick it up in verse 12. Therefore, rejoice you heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Woe to those who live on the earth in this time when this happens. And of the sea, for the devil, and meaning the islands, the devil is come down unto you. The devil is come down unto you having great wrath because he knows that he has but a short time, exactly three and a half years before everything is undone. So the moment the devil and his angels make landfall, when they're cast out, they hit the earth and there is fury. That's what it says. He has great wrath. And then it says, when the dragon saw that he was cast under the earth, he persecuted the woman, which brought forth the man-child. And the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place. She's nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent, which is a time is a year, times is two more years, that's three and a half a time is three and a half years. That's what the Bible scholars have taught us. So we believe that there will be a woman, the church, the ecclesia, Israel, the two becoming one new man in the earth, the genuine bride, the glorious church, whoever it is, she's going into the wilderness where she's going to be nourished for three and a half years because that's the same time that the great tribulation will be happening. Now, it says that the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. The earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Now listen, verse 17, and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So we expect at a time in the very near future, the rumblings of heaven, that Satan, the man of sin, just like it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. He's revealed when he's cast out onto the earth, and he comes with great wrath because he knows he has but a short time. And he, now we know he has fury. So we're getting ready to witness. The day of the Lord will not come until this event happens. That's why Paul said, stop listening to the doctrine of imminency. It's not going to happen until that devil, that Satan, 
that empire of the beast, that kingdom of darkness comes upon this earth. It cannot happen. So stop worrying about the imminent pre-tribulational rapture. Because when he comes, he's going to do what? Make war. And then when you turn to Revelation 13, it shows you the mechanism of war that the devil, the dragon, that Satan, are, is going to use. The mechanism is the beast, the false prophet, Mystery Babylon. There's going to be an employment of all the mystery religions around the world. The beast, and I believe it happens to be an Islamic beast, and the Mystery Babylon is going to be employed with their mystery religions of Illuminati and all of those things. And then, of course, the false prophet, the religious spirit that will be gathered together as well. So all these employed by the dragon, the dragon's going to give power to the beast to do what? To make war with the saints. The entire great tribulation period is designed and foretold by God to be a time of mass global persecution around the world at the same time against everything called God, Jesus Christ, those who keep commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's what the Bible teaches, the revealing of the man of sin. He has to be revealed. Now we go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And Paul has now thoroughly dealt with the preeminent, imminent doctrine of any day, God, it could happen. No, it can't happen. Watch and be sober for the defecting of the truth because people are not going to be standing in the army of the Lord in the last days. Watch for that. And this other event, it'll show when it shows something dreadful, furious, angry, full of wrath is coming to this earth to make war with God's church, God's people, believers all over the world. Now, 2 Thessalonians 2.4 says about this son of perdition, what does he do? He opposes, or who opposes, and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, what is that passage of Scripture right there? Who is this? What is the design? To know that, you have to go to Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14, and we're going to, I'm just going to go line by line, okay? Isaiah chapter 14, and here's what we read, and I want you to see it, okay? Isaiah 14, we'll begin in verse 12. Here it is. Isaiah 14, 12, we're going to balance it with 2 Thessalonians 2, 5, okay? Or 2, 4, I'm sorry. 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. So Isaiah 14, 12, how art thou... Fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Who is it talking about? Lucifer, son of the morning. How are you cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? So Lucifer is going to have a time when he's going to weaken the nations. Now, Isaiah is prophesying of his demise, but first, He's talking about his momentary success, which we know to be three and a half years. How art thou fallen to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For you said in your heart. Now remember, 2 Thessalonians 4, he who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, 
or that is worship, so that he is God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. What does he say? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. What does it say? Who opposes and exalts himself. We're talking in 2 Thessalonians 2.4, the one who opposes and exalts himself. Well, here it is. For you said in your heart in Isaiah 14, verse 13, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. What does it say in 2 Thessalonians 2.4? That he will oppose and exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Ladies and gentlemen, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 concerning the man of sin is none other than the revelation, the manifestation of Lucifer, son of the morning. It's Lucifer. It's his spirit embodied in a being. Everything the devil, everything the serpent, everything Satan manifesting on earth in a governmental authority. They are bringing their satanic government to power all over the world, and these spirits of devils will be embodying, they'll be embodied. They will be in suits. They will be moving in a particular way, satanically inspired, the devil himself, with supernatural powers. Most people aren't going to see this transition, But it would be shocking to me if everybody in the world did not know about the furious hatred that's going to hit this earth momentarily. You're already beginning to see the four winds because the satanic priesthood in the earth today, they're chanting for this one to come. They are Luciferians. They are Luciferian worshipers. They are longing for him to come. They are waiting for him to come. They've eaten enough babies, drank enough babies' blood. They've done enough evil in their sexual perversions. They have done everything you could do to be evil, to be offerings, cut themselves, jumping up and down on their altars of idolatry, shedding 90 million babies' blood in this country and around the world half a billion, and going on and on with all they've done was to Lucifer. And they all had nice suits on with pretty smiles, and they looked very normal, but they were worshiping and are the devil, and the time is coming. They're calling for, they're calling for something big, is going to happen very soon. Then the Bible says, and you should be prepared for this, uh, in verse 14, Lucifer says, I will ascend from the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Okay, so 2 Thessalonians 2.4, connect it with Isaiah 14, 12 to 14. You'll have a perfect picture, okay? Now, Paul goes on to say in 2 Thessalonians 2.5, Remember what he's talking about. I believe that this message is to the ecclesia in America and around the world, the church on planet Earth right now. We should be paying attention to this message. I know it was written 2,000 years ago by the Apostle Paul, but let us be clear. Holy Spirit, which is the eternal spirit of God, one day is as a 1,000 years to the Lord, a 1,000 years is as one day, and when the Holy Spirit writes something, it has eternity in it. It has generation to generation. It has authority. It has meaning and value until it's completely fulfilled. This message has never been completely fulfilled. 
This message is speaking to our generation loudly. Maybe other generations read about it, but it was never fulfilled. These things have not yet come to pass. And yet everything in the world right now is demanding that we pay attention. Verse 5, Paul says, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. So there was a time he was with the church at Thessalonica. He told them these things. And now he says in verse 6, and here's where people get a little, it gets interesting. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Now, there's a couple of different ways to look at this. Who's being revealed in his time? Well, on the heels of verse 4, the man of sin, right? Or uh, verse 3, the man of sin be revealed. So there is the possibility that Paul's saying in verse 6, now you know what's withholding that he might be revealed in his time. However, if you go back to the beginning, he's talking about the coming of the day of the Lord and our gathering together. He's saying what in verse 1? He says, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. So it's the, the chapter is really talking about the coming of the Lord and how it cannot happen until these other things happen. So one of two ways to view it. Either Paul's saying in verse 6, now you know what's withholding the man of sin, or now we know what's withholding the coming of the day of the Lord. And that's where I lean. I believe that Paul's saying, now I told you all this stuff, you're wanting the, the day of the Lord to come, but I'm, I'm writing to you to tell you that that day cannot come. So the emphasis was on their being gathered to the Lord and that day of the Lord. So what was restraining it? What was withholding it? These two things, the falling away and the man of sin being revealed, okay? Verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now, there's a lot of conversation about this verse. The mystery of iniquity does already work. So that means it's been an operation, quite frankly, since the fall of Adam. But the mystery of iniquity is already at work. Only he who now letteth or withholds or restrains will let or will restrain until he be taken out of the way. So now we're talking about the mystery of iniquity. The mystery of iniquity. Okay. And then... What does it mean that something's, something's being taken out of the way? In my understanding, the mystery of iniquity has been that warfare in the spirit realm that nobody's been able to see. I mean, we see manifestations of it on earth naturally by all these different things. But the mystery of iniquity, what's behind the scenes, the satanic, the demonic, that's going to make landfall, okay, that has got to happen Okay, the enemy has to be revealed. He's got to be unveiled before the Lord returns, which is the ultimate emphasis. And there's something holding it back. Well, that war in heaven until he gets cast on to the earth. Some people have talked about the laws. Okay, laws have been restraining the evil, the mystery of iniquity. 
But here's what verse 7 or verse 8 says. And then when, the, when that restraint is gone, whether it's the laws of righteousness, God's holy law, even in our own country, we have moral laws that protected our society against immorality. They're gone now. Now it's the laws protecting immorality. What a shift, right? And that's bringing a strengthening and an empowerment to the satanic. And soon it's going to make landfall. Verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, okay, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. When does the Lord consume that wicked one that will be revealed? Now, let's put it in context. Lucifer is going to be revealed before the Lord comes. He's going to have three and a half years to do his work. But now we're being told that the wicked one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the spirit of his mouth. When does that happen? That happens all the way back in Revelation chapter 19. Let's see how it works. In Revelation chapter 19, here's what we read beginning in verse 11. Okay, Revelation 19.11. This is at the end of time now. If you, if you understand this chapter, this is way after the tribulation period. This is way after the church, the true church, had been resurrected and uh, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That's already happened. This is now happening after the destruction of Mystery Babylon, and that's Mystery of Iniquity as well, Mystery Babylon of Revelation 17 and 18. Okay, so he says, I saw heaven open, behold a white horse. He that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. Listen. His eyes were as a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. So the, out of his mouth, and it says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 8, then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. This coming of the Lord is the Revelation 19 coming of the Lord. The coming of the Lord we're all looking forward to, which is going to be immediately after the tribulation, according to Matthew 24, 29. This coming of the Lord is when God has poured out the seven vials of his wrath upon the unrepentant nations. And then in Revelation 19, the Lord returns. We have been with him for however uh, amount of time. We now return with the Lord. And this is when he sets up his millennial kingdom on the earth. This is where he does what? It says in verse 14. Or I already read that. Let's go to verse 16. And, he's, and he has on his vesture... And on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What does he do, though? He, he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. So, okay, so this day of the Lord, this coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is what Paul is writing about now, when he will come to consume him with the spirit of his mouth and will destroy the adversary with the brightness of his coming. That's what you see here. Because it says in verse 19 of Revelation 19, I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. 
And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Okay. So this day of the Lord, this coming of Christ, is the coming at the end of the age, while the vials of wrath have been poured out upon the nation of the earth, now he's coming. He takes the beast, the false prophet, casts them into the lake of fire. He brings his armies. Now the Lord is setting up his millennial kingdom. And you shift into Revelation 20, and it all becomes very clear about the 1,000-year millennial reign. Point, there's two comings being spoken about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The first is the one we're all longing for. The one that all the people were concerned, they had the imminent, always any moment, any moment. No, he said, that's not it. First, these things have to happen. Okay, when they happen, it's going to bring the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. Lucifer is going to have a three and a half year period. The man of sin, the son of perdition, the beast, they're all the same. Daniel 7, the little horn, you get all into this Bible prophecy and it's important. And yet it's that moment of time when all this happens against the church. He's going to win. He's going to overcome the saints for three and a half years. There's going to be no ability of the ecclesia, of the saints, to do anything. Okay? But they who endure to the end shall be saved. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, then the Lord will return in the clouds, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet will sound, the dead in Christ will rise. We who are alive and remaining will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, in the clouds. So now we're gone. We're with the Lord. Now the seven vials of the wrath of God are poured out on the earth. Horrible things are happening on this planet. We're not here for that. When that is finished and Babylon is fully destroyed in Revelation 17 and 18, now the Lord returns with all of his armies to set up his kingdom on this earth. So those are the two comings. The first one, to meet the Lord in the air. The second one, when he comes onto the earth. And the only coming of the Lord where he literally comes onto the earth is in Revelation 19. Every other one mentioned in Scripture, the parousia, okay, all of these Greek words associated with it, the only, all the other ones are talking about the time he is in the clouds and we go up to meet him. All right, now, verse 9, speaking of the wicked one. Now watch this, 2 Thessalonians 2.9. Even him talking about Lucifer again, the man of sin, the beast, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, okay, with all power and signs and lying wonders. You'll find that in Revelation chapter 13, and here's what's interesting. You go back to Revelation 13, and where, who has lying signs and wonders? Well, verse 11, Revelation 13, 11. I beheld another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb. He spoke as a dragon, which means he was very smooth tongue like the dragon in the Garden of Eden that influenced and seduced Mrs. Adam. He exercises, the second beast, he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he does great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceives them that dwell on the earth by these means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast. Notice, 2 Thessalonians 
2.9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now, what was the love of the truth? There's a beast, there's a dragon, there's warfare, there's eternity, there's a mark. Don't take the mark, don't take the mark. All of this is going on. And the Revelation 13 is during the three and a half years where you have a political, a religious system, a one world government, global, satanically inspired system, the devil on the earth, all on the earth, all of his angels, all of his government, everything, three and a half years. Are you kidding me? And both the Bible is confirming all of this? Now, the only people this is not going to touch are those who do not receive the mark of the beast. And when I look back, it says in verse 8 of Revelation 13, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So there will be, during the Great Tribulation, whoever survives the Holocaust leading up to the Great Tribulation, which is Revelation chapter 8, Revelation chapter 9, Revelation chapter 11, Revelation chapter 12, all those, those four chapters are all the lead-in to the Great Tribulation. And those things need to begin to happen momentarily. The trumpets of God are about to sound. The seal, the final seal will be open. There is a hesitation in the heavens, and then there's going to be a massive release of one accelerated event after another leading up to the things that we're talking about now. Now, if you're in the world and you don't have the Holy Spirit, of course, none of this makes any sense to you. But if you have the Holy Spirit and you read the Word of God and you're looking through the biblical lens of where we are right now, it is phenomenal. It's amazing. So let's keep looking. Back to Thessalonians 2, um, verse 11. For this cause, for what cause? The people did not pay attention. They did not, let, let me read it again. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. So the truth of the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth of living in his last days, they just didn't receive it. So what happens? For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Would that delusion possibly be taking the mark? Will they believe the deceiver who does miracles and deceives the whole world? We just read that's what he did. Whose coming is after the working of Satan with all powerless signs and lying wonders, uh, who uh, deceives the whole world. I mean, but God sends delusion upon those who don't what? They did not receive the love of the truth. But it goes on a little bit deeper than that. And it says in verse 11, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they shall believe a lie, that they all might be damned, in verse 12, who believed not in the truth, that's one, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, we don't they did not receive and they won't believe, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. 
So, you know, you need to go back and read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You need to tie it in with Isaiah 14. You need to go to Revelation 19 and 13. And, and it just it branches off everywhere. What is the point? There is no escape. There is no preacher rapture. The only way a person leaves this planet right now is through physical death. Or there is a translation we expect, but that translation is in 1 Corinthians 15. I want to take a look at it again. Okay, so let's go to Matthew chapter 24. And I'll be very brief. We could go to Mark 13, Luke 21, but Matthew 24 is very consistent. And they all, they all say the same thing. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I refuse to do that right now. Um, there's just so much information to get out. But in short, what the chapter is saying is that there's something called the beginning of sorrows in the final generation. It has to do with deception. It has to do with wars. It has to do with rumors of wars. It has to do with famines and earthquakes and pestilences and troubles and sorrows. It has to do with all these global events going on at the same time around the world. This is known as the beginning of sorrows. You can measure Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21 to Revelation chapter 6 and the first four horses and see a compliment, a hand in glove, okay? It's all known as the beginning of sorrows. This is a woman in travail, a woman going into labor pains. And so he talks about it, and then he tells all the things. Then, in verse 9, he says, in Matthew 24, then. And that word then is a shift from global events to what's going to happen to the disciples, the followers, the believers in Jesus Christ. And he talks about the coming persecution. You'll be hated of all nations. And he just goes on. He lets it rip about the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. Jesus literally says that. A tribulation has never been before, will never be again. Nowhere in the context of Matthew 24 is there even a hint of a pre-tribulational rapture. But it's definitely referring to the greatest tribulation that has never been, will never be again. It's going to be worse than anything that's ever happened, and we're the generation moving into it right now globally around the world at the same time. Not isolated events at isolated times, globally around the world at the same time. Modern technology, Daniel's prophecy, Israel becoming a nation. These things could not have happened prior to this moment. We're here now. And we know that at the end of him warning everybody and then telling the disciples, here's how it's going to be. His message was for you and I today as for all Christians throughout the world. But in verse 29, Jesus now says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. What an event. Immediately after the tribulation, there's a shaking of the heavens and the earth. And verse 30 says, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Now, the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. That's Revelation 1-7. Okay. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. Now, watch this. All the tribes of the earth are mourning. They see the Son of Man coming where? In the clouds. And I just want to read Revelation 1-7, and it says in Revelation 1-7, Behold, he comes with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, 
and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Right? So every eye shall see him. Now, back to Matthew 24, and it says, again in verse 30, and then shall appear the, the, the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. We just saw that. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He doesn't make landfall. Make note of this. And they shall, okay, with uh, power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So notice in Jesus' teaching, he comes in the clouds. Revelation 1-7 says the same thing. Everybody's going to see. He comes in the clouds. The shout, the trumpet blast, the angels to reap the harvest. Revelation 14, which follows Revelation 13, the great tribulation chapter, the harvest of the righteous. Revelation 14 tells you all about it. But Jesus doesn't leave the clouds. These are people being gathered unto him. Now, we got that. We got that part of it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Those who proclaim a pre-tribulational rapture, let's be clear, always refer to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And so we're going to go one more time to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and there's a reason for this. And here's what it says in verse 13. This is the chapter that's used all the time. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Paul's saying to the living saints, not to be concerned about the dead saints. They died in faith in Jesus Christ. Here's what he says. That you sorrow not. So what is this about? Dead people. First of all, it's not about any rapture or anything. The pre-trib rapture people that are teaching this will tell you this is the pre-trib rapture chapter, right? So here we go. That you sorrow not, even as others, which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus or died in Christ, will God bring with him. So what is it talking about? A rapture or a resurrection? Well, it's very clearly talking about a resurrection. Okay? Now, verse 15 is the most important verse. you got to mark it. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. Paul is now drawing from the word of the Lord. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke. You're going to see it right here. He's literally saying this is what the Lord said when he said immediately after the tribulation of those days, Jesus talked about an event Paul is now sharing that event that the Lord shared, and he says it this way. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. Now, when does the Lord come? Matthew 24, 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days. Okay? So this we say to you by the word of the Lord, Paul said, that we which are alive and remain... Alive and remain from what? Remain for the three and a half year great tribulation. We're still living. We remained. We endured to the end. We're still here. The woman in the wilderness, three and a half years. 
Well, whoever's alive and remaining, the people of God, the saints of God, he said, we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them. In other words, we will not go before them which are dead. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. In other words, the preacher rapture is always about some secret rapture, the imminent secret rapture that people leave, but there's never a resurrection because they got some secret thing going on that Paul condemned in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And he says here, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, hallelujah, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. We just read that in Matthew 24. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain. Here it is, the catching away, the harpazo. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, if you can show me how the pre-tribulational secret Imminent doctrine, pre-tribulational rapture doctrine. Come on, where is it in there? It's not. It's about people that have died, loved ones that are living, having hope in their dead ones that they're going to rise again. How does it work? Paul put it there. He said, even the Lord told us immediately after the tribulation, the Lord's coming in the clouds, shout of an archangel, trumpet blast, angels gathering together. We, being changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. There's no pre-tribulational rapture doctrine in that. It has nothing to do with the preacher rapture. It has nothing to do with the resurrection at the coming of the Lord. And we who survived the Holocaust of the Great Tribulation, remained, endured, will get caught up to meet the Lord in the air. 1 Corinthians 15. First, how much deception has been on the mind of man? My God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'll just pick it up in verse 51. And it says, Behold, I show you a mystery. Now the Apostle Paul's going to show the church of Corinth a mystery in you and I. We shall not all sleep or die. We're not all going to die, he said. But we shall all be changed, those who have died and those who don't die, in Christ. We're all going to be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We just read that. And we, who are alive and remaining, shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on corruption, and this mortal put on immortality. So here, Paul gives it with this, this light. He said, the Lord's going to return immediately after the tribulation. The trumpet's going to sound, the voice of the archangel. The dead are going to rise they're going to be changed into an incorruptible being, body. Those alive and remaining will be caught up. We're all going to be changed when we go, the alive and remain. There's no preacher rapture there. It doesn't exist. Now, the reason why we're saying this, you've got to study it out. You've got to find out for yourself. We could teach it from now until the, the, the cows come home and the moon turns blue. But if you don't get it and the meaning behind it, what is the meaning? People were getting caught off guard, and Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, say, stop. Stop listening to the pre-tribulation rapture imminent doctrine, the doctrine of imminence, any moment. Stop it. He said, rather get ready 
because these events are coming. There's going to be a defection from the truth. Make sure you're not one of them who defect because your soul and your spirit and your body, your mind are not in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Get rid of all sin in your life. He's telling them, get yourself prepared. A church without spot and wrinkle. He says, and also, the man of sin is going to be revealed. He's coming. And then he associates all of that with all scripture about that moment in time where the devil himself will be manifested on this earth in a global satanic government to make war with God. The final hurrah, the last one, it'll never happen again. We're here. We are here. And he's saying, don't think you're just going to disappear. You've got to prepare. And one of the ways you prepare is you get ready. If they force a vaccination and you can't buy or sell, you better have your own food. You better have your own water. You better have everything you need to ride it out for three and a half years. You're going to go on a camping trip into the wilderness, and you should prepare for five years. For you and everybody else that's going, everybody needs a five-year preparation. You need to walk into that place, and it needs to be a place that God is preparing and has prepared to take care of, and you need to be ready. And I love that, that God has prepared a place for the woman that she's going to be nourished for three and a half years. I love that. So there are prepared places around the world, but you need to prepare. You need to get ready. And you need to accelerate your preparations right now. You're not leaving the planet. But if you can't buy or sell over a simple vaccination argument, well, I don't want the vaccination. Okay, don't take the vaccination, but you can't go on the plane. You can't go into the store. You can't use this. And then those laws are going to get increasingly worse the more the enemy comes. And how are you going to live? You have to be ready. to. You have to have a plan. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. And then you have to leave the results with God. If you go and buy a one-acre plot of land in the mountains and you sow that acre with gardens and lettuce and tomatoes and carrots and cabbage and you find a, a creek and there's a little well of water and you have a little log cabin house, and God told you to do that, and you go there, and that's where you're going to be, so be it. Then that's where you're going to ride out the storm if God told you to do it. Usually, God is calling people to gather together. He says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, especially as you see the day approaching. So most likely, there's going to be communities of believers working and growing together, gathering together, that are working together, striving together in one mind, in one faith, in one heart, understanding what we're doing. We're about to go through a massive change on the earth. And you think that little article I started out with now, where the mood of the nation has gone dark, you think that's happening now? Wait till you see what's coming, right? So the exhortation, get ready. Find people that you love and that love you. More importantly, Find people that love Jesus Christ and the Word of God. Find people. They're not perfect. I guarantee there are going to be some stuff, you know, stuff that goes on in the wilderness. Just think about Israel that went into the wilderness. Look at all the issues they face. But we have a better chance because the Holy Spirit has done a work in our hearts. So find people that love the Lord. Find people that love God. Find people that know how to be obedient to God, that understand biblical authority. Find people that are willing to be servants and not lords over others. Find people that will work. Bring your talents. Bring your skills. 
defined the communities of God. The enemy has insulted the communities of God because of all the Jim Jones things and all the, uh, you know, other problems that people have had that were so godless. If people would have just paid attention to their character, they wouldn't have followed that kind of ministry. But in the last days, God is going to have people gathering together that are going to be striving together. Philippians chapter 1, with one mind, with one spirit, standing fast, striving together, working together, living together, to get through this moment together. There's no pre-tribulational rapture. You're going to be here. And either you're going to be part of the Revelation chapter 7 group, where you're going into the great tribulation and you're going to die having washed your robes in the blood of the Lamb, or you're going to fall away and you're going to succumb and take the mark of the beast because your disobedience to God all along is going to cause a strong delusion to come upon your mind. Not from the devil, but from God himself. And that terrifies. I'd rather be deceived by the devil than to be deceived by God. Because if I'm deceived by the devil and I can come to God in humble repentance and confession and repent, God's truth can set me free from the devil's lie. He's been doing it since we've been born again. But to be deceived by God, who's going to help you? How do you get deceived by God? By not loving the truth, obeying the truth, receiving the truth. We could go to church as long as we want. We could read our Bibles, go to sermons. But until we start obeying the word of God and doing what it says to do, he deceives himself, not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. A hearer that doesn't do deceives himself. That's in James. Critical, critical times. Last week, the admonition, the cry, get your food, get your water, get your medical supplies, find that place, find a community, but you're not going to find it in the flesh. I had a vision 30 years ago about home fellowships or gatherings together of people in lighthouses, and that fleshly carnal Christian wanted to get in because they were afraid of what was going on outside, the lockdown of churches. I saw this 30 years ago. In a vision, I've shared it for 30 years. I shared this vision being taken up into space. And I saw this earth and I came into this earth and I came into the North American continent and it was dark. And there were little lights here and one here. I didn't think about electromagnetic pulses in those days or coronial mass ejections or software obliterations of of uh, all of our electrical systems and grid. But now I understand 30 years ago, God was showing me the time is coming. The lights are going out. Amos chapter 8 will be fulfilled. God showed it 30 years ago. And he showed me places where those lights were of the glory of God was in that house. And the man of God would not allow that carnal, fleshly Christian into the house because they were afraid because all the churches had been locked down. And there was a takeover. America wasn't a safe place anymore. Russia had taken over. That was the the idea in that vision, the only way to describe the atmosphere. And there are going to be a lot of people looking for somewhere to go right now. That years ago, they did not obey the Lord. They did what they wanted to do. And now they're coming to a realization, oh, my God, I'm not ready for this. I did what I wanted. I ignored the word of the Lord. I did not choose 
the harness of the Lord to break me and to discipline me. I chose to kick my heels and do what I wanted to do. They never learned obedience. Now they're going to be afraid. And now with their brokenness, they're going to come and they're going to say, let me come into your house. Open the door like in the days of Noah. They're going to bang upon the doors. Let us in. Let us in. Give us what you have. And the wise virgins are going to have to say, no, you're going to have to go somewhere else. It's going to be the hardest thing for the wise virgins to do. But it's the wisdom of these virgins, those who have been preparing. They're going to have to do the hard things, and it's going to come. It's going to come. And I'm telling you, the people are going to begin to panic. They are going to go into fear. They're going to be wondering why they're still here. They're not going to get it, and they're going to be rounded up and lassoed. And they're going to be brought into the concentration camps and the vaccination mass vaccination camps, as Cuomo called it. Yes, it's coming, and it's coming swift. And if you haven't prepared and you find yourself right now not knowing what to do, fall on your knees and beg God to forgive you for ignoring him for years and ask him for mercy and repent of the rebellion and the sin nature that's been guiding your decisions and your affairs. Turn. Not only 30 years ago did God show us what is happening right now, but all these years in between, we have been in the school of Christ. We have gone into the school of Christ. This man right here, I've been to the school of Christ, and I've learned many lessons along the way. But the prophetic word of God has been spoken from behind these pulpits and behind these microphones. And the prophetic words of God are being fulfilled before your eyes and my eyes right now. The prophetic words of God. I got my brother calling me. Hold on a second here. Praise the Lord. I am so happy to bring somebody else into the program. Uh, Where are we? Where are we? Pastor Jeff, I don't know where you are, but um, bring it. Bring it. You want to call in? Call in right now. Press one on your dial pad, and I will call you right into the broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, the urgency of the Holy Spirit is coming again. Yesterday, I talked to you about walking in the Spirit and the joy of being totally liberated and set free. How important is that going to be right now? The brain of many people is covered over with a fog. There's like a foam on people's minds. They can't release. They can't express. You can't be caught there. You cannot be caught in that atmosphere. You can't do it. You cannot do it. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No. Get ready. We've been seeing these things, prophesying these things. The spearhead. Pastor Jeff, are you trying to call into the program? Okay, you got to dial 818-818-369-0326. All right, and then press 1 on your dial pad. Okay, thank you. All right, so the spearhead, the tip of the spear is at the very heart of our nation right now, and they're ready to dagger it through. They're ready to punch it through. And you need to understand when that heart attack hits, when that spear plunges into the heart of this nation, we're going to be bleeding. 
And that heart attack is going to cause all the other functions of the body, the systems of this nation, to shut down. That's how death comes. Death is coming to America. The Islamic curses, death to America, five times a day for how many years, are going to be fulfilled. Why? Because we have sinned against the Lord. And the curse will be effective. America, the nation, will die it's dying now. You need to be translated into the body of Christ, and you need to stand your ground. Now, I'm going to bring Pastor Jeff into the program right now, and then there's a few other calls out there I want to get to. I want to make sure that everything will be heard. All right, Pastor Jeff, go ahead and speak into it, sir. Hey, good morning, Pastor Vincent and everyone. I just want to quickly say, man, it's just uh, such a powerful right now word. It's just so much. Um that, that that you touched on. We as the body of Christ, we got to get closer to hear from God and to, and to listen to shows like yours because there's so much that's going on. You and I had a conversation, I believe, uh, about a month or two ago. Actually, it was back in June when I, we was uh, uh, we were sharing, and I was telling you about an article where it says six warning signs that the Delta variant is coming for unvaccinated Americans. I went and, re- and uh, pulled that back up, and I saw where we were talking about they were going to uh, uh, pump this up and make it and, and make this Delta variant uh, a big thing. And, and basically it's just a fear machine to get everybody uh, afraid because their agenda is to get everybody vaccinated and stuff. But also, um, and, and so we see that coming to fruition, but also I want to say this and that yesterday I got something from the, uh, uh, health ranger Mike Adams. He gave uh, an urgent warning, saying this Delta lockdown is designed to invoke nationwide protests, so they can be exploited as a backdrop for false flag event to blame the anti-vaxxers. And he gave he lays out in that article a six-step plan, and basically I don't have time to go into it, perhaps, but basically he's saying that over the next few days we're going to be hearing about another lockdown from coming from the president on down and stuff. And what they want is for us to protest. So therefore they can blame the anti-vaxxers and, and, you know, go into martial law and so forth and stuff. So, you know, uh, I'll, I'll send you that article, but he's saying, don't fall for it. As I used to say, don't fall for the okie doke, continue to pray, continue to prepare and do what you were saying. And I call you back tomorrow because I know other people got to get in. But my point is we have to continue to pray because uh, it's like when you play sports, you, if you're focused on one thing, uh, and then, then, then uh, your opponent attacks another area. Because uh, when I call you back tomorrow, I share with you the other plan of the enemy as far as uh, uh, the Chinese-style social credit system, what, what, what Mark Zuckerberg is trying to do. He just partnered with Hillsong to get all the churches to go on on Facebook when you and I know I'm trying to get off of Facebook for the censorship and stuff. So there's a lot of stuff, man, that I want to share that you may know or your listeners may not know that um, that we need to be informed about. Hey, Pastor Jeff, absolutely. You are welcome. Join me tomorrow. We'll get on the air. And what you just said was a just a weighty thing. And um, you and D, your wife, Pastor Jeff and D, uh, Bass, uh, you've been serving, and you have a particular anointing and a gifting uh, to gather information and then sift through it and then look through the lens and present these things that are going on. And I think it's extremely important 
that the things that you have uh, received and things that you have learned, what God is showing you, what you're doing with the gift that God's given you, um, the body of Christ does need to continue to hear what you're doing as you're, as you're gathering together. The big question, Pastor Jeff, is are you coming to the Feast of Tabernacles? People want to know. <laughs> Well, uh, we would love to. We're still praying, as you know, and they don't know, I mean, certain things, but we're in the midst of a transition as far as with the church. Our lease is up, and the Lord had told us, you know, of course, not to renew the lease, and we ran into some situations. We need to be out of the building by the end of this month, first of the month, so we're we're, we're working on that. Some other st- things are happening here as it relates to the potential, our transition and move. So there's not an excuse we, we, we would love to. But uh, right now we're we're juggling about four balls in the air, so to speak, and we're just trying to hear from God. But uh, you know, I pray that 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 does come to fruition. So continue to keep us in prayer as we transition with the move of the church back to online for the, for for a season until God tells us where to go, and also what He's telling us personally, like you said, flee to the mountains. So we're trying to hear from God, and uh, you know. We we God would love to, but we're we're in that point right now. We're 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 still hearing from God, but we're definitely praying about it. Okay, God's will be done, Pastor Jeff. I'll see you tomorrow on the air. God bless you, sir. Um, thank you for Sounds sharing. Good. Appreciate Bye-bye. you. All right, very good. All right, let's take our next call coming in four seven nine two three eight. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning, Pastor. How you doing? I'm blessed. How you doing, Bill? Doing well. Hey, here's something to consider, Pastor. You remember when they did the first lockdown, uh, uh, when this whole thing started, uh, the big box stores uh, were the only ones allowed to stay open, and they shut millions of businesses down nationwide, literally, closed their doors and went out of business. And a lot of those had been in business for years. Well, when they started opening things up again, you got all these entrepreneurs out there taking their life savings, rolling the dice, and opening up businesses. Well, the Biden administration is getting ready to shut the economy down again. That means just the big box stores are going to stay open, and all these little businesses are going to have to shut their doors again. That, that is a recipe for a revolution. That, and, and, and a lot of these businesses, they're probably compliant with the Biden administration's vaccine agenda, but... On the other hand, they're not willing to give up their their income. They're not willing to give up their livelihood to support his plans. So so they're compliant as long as it doesn't affect their livelihood. But now when it affects their livelihood and they got to start giving up their businesses or shutting their doors, and uh, uh, that's a recipe for a revolution, Pastor. Yeah, absolutely. It's brewing everywhere, isn't it? The uh, the witch's brew is being stirred, and the formula is ready to be yep, released. Yes, I'll let you go. Bless. All right. God bless you. Thank you, man, for calling in. All right. Let's take another call coming in, 479-787. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Hello, Erico, 479-787. Are you there? Hi, Okay, so let's, that's not going to happen. Let's go to our friends in all the way to South Dakota, area code 605-695. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome back to the airwaves. Who's on the air? Uh, this is Kathy Bruns. Hello, Kathy. Overcomer. Yes. 
full yes, recovery. Came through, so praise God. But what a solemn warning this was today in the program. And it is definitely God preparing the people for what is coming. And then the day before, you spoke on something so beautiful about how the glory of the Lord is going to come upon his chosen people. And in the book of Revelations, I, I would love to have this explained more. In the Revelation 14.4, it says, there is a mighty company of saints who are sometimes called the church of the firstborn. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. They were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. Are we about ready to come into this also? What is your opinion on that? All right. Well, Kathy, first of all, may God continue to strengthen you with all might according to his glorious power in your inner person. May the blood of Jesus and the anointing and the spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from death quicken your mortal body. May he quicken every cell in your body and accelerate your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah, let's, uh, we can talk into that for just a, a moment. Uh, the Revelation 14, the 144,000 sons of God, the overcomers who have the mark of their forehead, uh, it tells you why they got the mark. Number one, they were not defiled with women. There was no guile in their mouth. They followed the lamb whithersoever he went. It was about their character, their conduct before the Lord, more than just being Jewish naturally. Uh, these are, uh, you know, overcomers uh, representing the remnants, maybe the remnant of a remnant, and they're standing in the governmental mountain of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they are uh, exempt from that great tribulation period, and that they will be released. I believe this with all of my heart. They will be released. Um, this is after the great tribulation. They're sealed. They're on a mountain. They're exempt from the tribulation of Revelation 13. Uh, but they will be mounting their horses as the armies of the Lord in Revelation chapter 19. That's my personal view of how that works. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise Amen. God. Overcomers. Overcomers. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you, sister. We'll look forward to seeing you real soon. Shalom. All right, so Kathy Bruns was with us here. I want to go to our chat room right now, say hello to some of our chat room friends. And by the way, by the way, I need to ask you, while there's still a number of you online, would you please consider supporting this ministry financially? We spend about $700 a month to pay the bills. We're not asking for any more. If you would please help support this ministry each month, we would deeply appreciate it. I know last month some of you came through. Um, we would just ask that you would pray and ask the Lord, because there are a lot of ministries out there, Lord, how can I support this ministry? And if the Lord tells you to do something phenomenal, outrageous, and big, then so be it. If he tells you to just give that little bit, we appreciate every bit of it. Thank you so much. Um, as you can see, we have a screen behind us. Our studio is getting a little bit better as we go. Uh, hopefully, we're just going to keep launching out, launching out, launching out as the Lord wills. But also, it's a partnership. And by giving to this ministry, it just shows me that you are caring about our work because writing nice things on the, the chat room is wonderful. 
but there's something about giving. Paul wrote about it in Philippians. He called uh, the church at Philippi. They were partners with him in the ministry. He was sowing spiritual things. They were giving carnal things that were necessary for the things he needed. So if this ministry is a blessing to you, would you please consider giving to it? And I'm going to show you just a few ways you can do that. And one of them is by simply going to a mail-in address on your screen right now. If you would like to mail uh, any, any kind of gift, whatever it may be, precious metals, finances, whatever it is, if you would like to give into this ministry, you just want to say, Lord, thank you for this work. Thank you for this ministry. I just want to bless it. I want to give into it. You can send it P.O. Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas, 72722. You can give to that address, mail in anything, and thank you for doing it. If you just want to say, I want to, I want to meet the needs of the radio ministry, uh, everything goes to New Wine Ministry. Don't write it to me personally, and don't, uh, if it's a check, and uh, not to Omega Radio. It has to go to New Wine Ministry. We deeply appreciate it. And our prayer, always, for those who give into the ministry, they sow that they shall reap, and God will multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Folks, I've got to do this. I have to take a moment right now and ask you to support the ministry if you're willing to do so. Then, if you want to give online, there is another way to do that, and you can go to, you're seeing it on the screen right now, nwmglobal.org, and all you do is go to the donation tab. You could also, after nwmglobal.org, you can go to the omegaradio.org. Now, on Omega Radio, there's a way to give by PayPal. However, on both omegaradio.org and nwmglobal.org, uh, there is also a way to give um, by pressing the donation tab. And there was one other way they told me to do this. You could actually text. I put it on the screen right now. You can go to your phone and you could text 410-88-OMEGA. You can text 410-88-OMEGA and type in the word GIVE. And if you do that, that's another way to support the ministry. Thank you for considering sending a gift to the ministry. And may the Lord bless your giving, and thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. All right, a couple more comments coming in. I want to get to the boards today and say good morning. Carol Carey is with us today. Kevin Hauger is good with us today. Kathy Bruns has been listening today. Charlotte Gotch, Megan Cotton, good morning. God bless you. Diane Gravely, Brenda Torville, River of Fire Ministries was with us today. Pastor David and Victoria Obenauer, they're coming to the Feast of Tabernacles to lay forth the word of the, of the Lord. A spirit-filled word from the River of Fire coming here in just less than two months. We're just over a month before September 20th, the Feast of Tabernacles. So good morning to uh, David and Victoria. Where am I here? Okay, I also see uh, that's a big cup of coffee. Yes, <laughs> it's actually water, by the way. All right, so I see Vinny Pots and Pans is with us today. Good morning, Vincenzo. God bless you, my friend. Uh, Brenda Torville, once again, I'm praying in the spirit. Hallelujah. Denny Sossaman, good morning, Pastor Vincent, fellow saints. Keep standing strong in God and his word. Amen to that. Uh, Brenda and Sandro Matlow is with us this morning. Thank you for the blessing, Sandra. Uh, she says, the Lord said, no Northmen, no, not even the angels. No man 
Not even the angels knows when he's coming back. Only his father, which is up in heaven. Amen to that. Hello to Bonnie and Jim Boyer all the way from Portland, Oregon. Hey, is that place still there, Jim and Bonnie? Portland, I mean. Who knows? (laughs) You know that solar eclipse in 2016 originated out of Portland, Oregon? It was marked. Man, did we see it get marked in 2020. Uh, Vanessa KM is with us today. She is saying that prayers for Asian government is getting pushed by empty lives from Biden. All population must be vaccinated. Uh, God, hear our prayers. Destroy the deceitful masterminds. Repent to God. Yeah, amen to that. We've known that. We know that's very true. Thank you for sharing, Vanessa. Uh, My daughter, Danielle and Athena Grace is out there today. Good morning to both of you. I love you very much. Missy Lynn, good morning. Hallelujah. Today is a good day in the word. Thank you. I believe it was true as well. Joyce is with us. Yes, do the hard things. God bless you, Joyce and Ken. Diane Blos is with us as well. Thank you for reminding us what God is warning us about the end times. We must listen and take action. Draw close to our God. Prepare and know God's peace and strength. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, Brenda Torville. Amen. Brenda Torville. Uh, I will the app. Praise God. Thank you for that. Brenda's saying she's going to help support the ministry. God bless you, Brenda. And may the Lord truly multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness according to his word. Shirley Wolseley's with us today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The word is spreading like wildfire. I have learned so much in such a short period of time. Praise God, Shirley. You and Mike, be blessed where you are. Hopefully you guys are going to come for the Feast of Tabernacles, September 20th. Come hang out with us for a week. Your life will be changed dramatically, I guarantee it. Uh, all right, so let's talk as we close out, because I've got, I'm so late right now. I've got to get going. We're laying tile and doing some painting. You're not going to believe how beautiful the Lord's Ark is, and we're, we're, he is helping us to prepare it for the Feast of Tabernacles. Listen, I want to cordially invite those of you who love the Lord and are excited about the Feast of Tabernacles Now is the time to say, what can we do? What we need is a tent. That's about $1,000. We do it every year. Somebody has always stepped up to purchase the tent. We have a tent on the property. We have our guest speakers under the tent. We're asking for your help, if you would be considering that. There are so many other things that go along with getting prepared, the food items and all these different things that do happen um, if you are interested in stepping up to the plate and helping. We have a lot of guest speakers coming this year. Please hear me. We have a number of guest speakers that are coming that will be speaking at the Feast of Tabernacles. We want to help. Uh, We want to give. And we always have and we always will. But there are a number of guest speakers. We want to make sure their needs are met. We're going to be needing homes to be open to house some of the speakers that are coming. They need to be provided with meals. They need to receive an honorarium for their coming to speak. None of them have asked for it. But, you know, I've done a lot of conference speaking, and there are good days and bad days. But we want to make sure that they are well provided for. Maybe somebody out there has a large pot of finances that you would like to say, hey, here's $25,000, cover the cost of the feast, help the people that are going to be speaking, give each one of them a certain amount of money. That would be great. So if you have a $25,000 blessing 
that will cover the cost for the Feast of Tabernacles. Remember, you're not giving to us, you're giving to the Lord, and that would be a $25,000 blessing. I could safely say to the people, the conference speakers that are coming here, this is a supply for you, so you could come without concern of finances, paying for your trip or anything else, and you'll get a a benefit for it. That would be awesome. Because we also know that during the Feast of Tabernacles, all the people are going to become bringing their gifts and their offerings. We know as ministers of the altar that God blesses the Feast of Tabernacle offering, opens the window of heaven greater than at any other time. So please remember as you come to the feast, bring your offering to the Lord. Everybody brings their part. God utilizes that to take care of the ministers of the altar and we are thanking God. This is, a, this is like a bonus for us, and we're not ashamed of it at all. We, we live on tithes and offerings, and so when the tithes come in, that is God's way of providing for us. And when the offerings come, that is a bonus and a blessing from the Lord. So we don't want you to be overly concerned about these things, but if somebody would like to just underwrite the Feast of Tabernacles, a $25,000 check, would take care of all the speakers, all their foods, where they're going to be, their honorariums, and then allow the rest of the body of Christ to come and bring their offerings. That would be primo. I think it's going to be a great release. And who knows what the Lord's going to do in the Feast of Tabernacles 2021. I suspect it's going to be a massive blessing because it's not our feast. It's his feast. We are hosting it. We're coming together to get the job done. That's it. And it's always been done. We've been doing this for 30 years. The needs have always been met. People have always received a blessing. We hope that there will be a mega blessing this year, a massive download, namely to continue to get things done. When you see what God has done on the ark, and there are some things that are yet to be done before September 20th, Lord willing, um, when, you, when you see what he's done, you're going to see that the wise investment from this host has been into God's land to make things ready for his people so that they will be blessed when they come up to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. So please consider that. That's all I want to say about the giving part. We normally leave half the congregation, or lose half of them. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. But we didn't because you're staying online with us. So God bless you. I've got to go. Feast of Tabernacles, September 20th. We'll tell you all about it as the days that come ahead. Tomorrow, Pastor Jeff Bass is going to be joining me on the air. Hopefully, some of our other guest speakers, like Pastor Melissa Fletcher and uh, Pastor David Obenauer, Pastor uh, Kevin Honeycutt, Pastor Ken Maddox. These are the men and women that are coming to sow into the spiritual lives of God's people. It's going to be an awesome Feast of Tabernacles. Worship, praise, food, celebration, words of God, fellowship, breaking of bread. No clicks. One corporate body striving together, striving together. Same mind, same spirit in Jesus' name. God bless you, saints. I got to go. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. Make sure you invite a friend to come join us with Pastor Jeff tomorrow. And right now on Omega Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there's a roundtable discussion with Patricia Joy Xavier. Enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow. Shalom and God bless you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.